What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong, a.k.a. BTZ. Nice, slow, and easy. Kicking it with you for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Thank you so much for continuing to support this show at patreon.com slash Tong. Starting at $2 a month, we'll get to that. The main benefit, a completely ad-free version of this show. Whole lot of other benefits. But this show is all about you all as well. 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-ABXL. That's 2295. Or what people are doing, they're starting to leave voice memos and then sending it to the email address, applebitsshow at gmail.com. And you're going to hear some of those. This is just like so nice and crystal clear. So look, this is a huge week. This is episode 59 I don't think we've seen a week like this ever before where Apple dropped three separate press releases for three, let's see, yeah, roughly three or four different products on our heads. So it was a crazy week. I pumped out three videos in three days, and now it's towards the end of the week. It's Thursday as I'm recording this. We don't know if Apple will be releasing something on Friday, so if they do, well, we'll just have to get to it in the next show. But we'll break it all down. The big headliners, new AirPods 2 new iPad minis, a new iPad Air, and then also new iMac speed bumps. Nothing of these products changed from a form factor perspective. But let's kind of talk about what the hottest things were, which ones I liked, which ones I was like, uh, excuse me. There's things I liked and things I didn't like, but we've got to start off probably with the most I would guess say the the most buzz around it and maybe a little bit of the most controversial, it has to be the AirPods 2. So Apple finally released them. Here's what they come with. The new AirPods launch with a new H1 chip. And why is this important? It helps it in a lot of different ways. This H1 chip handles the Yay Siri functionality. So it's completely hands-free like we thought it was rumored. You also get 50% more talk time compared to the original AirPods. It also is supposed to pair to your connected devices twice as fast. Now, they only listed the iPads, Apple Watch, and and iPhones as the devices because if you've ever tried connecting AirPods to a Mac, you have to jump into the Bluetooth preferences manually. You have to drag down. You have to connect. You have to you know, go back up to that setting on the top menu bar and do the same thing if you want to disconnect. It's really clunky. It doesn't have that nice, clean interface that it does on iOS devices where it just sees it and you're like, okay, I'm good to go. So I doubt that that part has been improved as well. But look, I said this before and I'll say it again and it really did validate this. Those are the three features it comes with. This is really an AirPods 1.5. Now, Bloomberg pretty much told us that this is probably what we were going to see a lot earlier and that potentially the new AirPods 2 with potentially health tracking sensors, noise canceling, better water protection, touch controls, a textured surface, that's probably now, initially they were thinking, oh, maybe we'll see those in September, but with these just coming out now, they're probably going to push those out to sometime in 2020. There's no need to rush, right? So, I think there's perspectives you can take from this. Pricing-wise, the new Air... So let's say the old AirPods are discontinued. The new AirPods with a standard charging case that plugs in through lightning at the bottom is $159. Now, if you want to get the new AirPods with 
the wireless charging case that they teased a year and a half ago with the iPhone 10, right? That wireless charging case that is supposed to connect to an air power pad, or we'll talk about that a little later. That's going to be $199. You can also use your current AirPods, the first gen ones, and just purchase the wireless charging case. I don't know really why you would, or really if you really want to be wireless, that additional case or just kind of replace the case for a wireless charging case will be $79. Now, at this moment, based on what we know and when the products are coming out, at this moment, before Friday's announcement, before Apple's major keynote on March 25th, which is Monday for their services, which we know is coming, um, if you get your AirPods right, I guess they're going to be shipping sometime next week, you'd actually be able to charge them wirelessly on a Samsung Galaxy S10 before you could even charge them on any single Apple product. I don't think, Apple can't do that. I really hope not only do they announce the air power mat at the keynote, but that it'll be available the same time, basically by the end of that week. It just, it would baffle, it would just baffle me if they really let that happen. So we'll see if that happens. But the AirPods, I come at it from two perspectives. Look, if you're someone who owns the first AirPods and you've owned them and now, what, two and a half years later, this is what you're getting for an upgrade? This is an upgrade that should have happened one year ago. But two and a half years later, this is what you're getting? They're not gonna come in black. Everyone wants these in another color. Apple's like, no, we're not gonna do that. Apple's like, our color is white, at least for our headphones. We're not gonna play with that. There's a lot of people that were frustrated and honestly ticked off, pissed off, used a variety of choice words about the AirPods 2. You know, Apple's not officially calling them that, but that's what a lot of times names just happen because that's what we call it. I've, Apple wants to call it the iPhone uh, 10. We all call it the iPhone X. That's just how it is. Sometimes it's just, that's what the culture decides. You can also get the case engraved on the front if you want. That's nice. But again, I don't even care about a new form factor. I know people wanted even some adjustable tips because look, it doesn't, they honestly don't fit in everyone's ears. They don't fit, they fit in mine good enough. Uh, I can shake them side by side when I work out. They don't come out. But a lot of people like, they don't fit in my ears. They would have liked some sort of tips that could make them form fitting to different size ear holes, but not these AirPods. So that was the first thing that came out. I'm really curious what you guys and gals think about the AirPods. Again, if I never had AirPods and I'm like, I'm not going to buy a first gen and I and these came out, I would honestly be excited about them. But that's not me. I got the first gen ones. I'm like, really? So I did, honest to God, I ordered them because I'm going to review them. I want to see, I doubt I'll ever use Yay Siri. I put out a poll on Twitter um, asking people how many times do they think I've used the Yay Siri feature even just to touch the AirPods with my first generations over the past two and a half years? Well, I can tell you that answer. Now, let's, the votes, we had 2,571 people respond to me on my Twitter at Brian Tong. Uh, here's what the breakdown was. I, I gave people the options of how can you guess how many times I've actually used Yay Siri by touching the side of my first gen AirPods? Never once, five to 10 times, 10 plus times. At 66%, most respondents answered never. 
19% said once, 6% said five to 10 times, 9% said 10 plus times. The correct answer is once. I used it once in my review for the original AirPods two and a half years ago. I've never, once that happened, I changed that setting to pause and play. I have never, ever since then, used the Siri functionality by touching the AirPods. And I don't, I don't think I'll be doing it when uh, it's hands-free because I pop them in when I make calls, but I'm not wearing these things all the time. Some people want to use them like that. So there you go, AirPods 2. The other big announcement, iPad Mini 5. I w- You know what? I really actually think the actual iPad Mini 5, the hardware, what it does, what it is, I think it's actually a good product, but I'm not I'm not really sold or very excited about the price for that iPad mini. So let's just break down some of the features. They're packing in a lot of heat in here. The A12 Bionic processor. It's the same one that's in the iPhone XS and XS Max. First generation, first generation Apple Pencil support. So not the new one. So it's not magnetic. You still have to use, you know, charge it through the bottom of your iPad so it looks like a little mini protester sign. You'll get a new advanced retina display panel with the highest pixel density of any iPad today. There's 3 million pixels in it basically because of its size. The same price point is 399. All right, the cameras nothing special there. 8 megapixel rear camera. It does bring some improved low light performance. 7 megapixels for the front facing camera and FaceTime HD. Again, they're using the exact same body as the 2012 inaugural iPad mini. So seven years plus, or approximately around them, that hasn't changed. It does have touch ID as well. No face ID. Basically, right, the iPad mini from all this time, from the four to the five, gets Apple Pencil support and an A12. That's really the main stuff that's going on here. What do you guys think about that? 64 gigs starting at 399. That's more expensive than the entry level iPad, which we will get to. I was again, I like it for what it is, but not at that price. I'm saying if you're using the same body from 7 years ago, that basically costs you beans to produce. The tooling, the manufacturing, there's no innovation out there. Even this is why I'm critical in this spot. Jeff Williams is one of the um like one of the COOs of Apple. He recently did a speech we talked about about how Apple was aware that customers were sensitive to pricing and that they felt that Apple's products are overpriced for what they are now. In his speech he also talked about how hey, it always has bothered me from day 1 because people don't know about the research and development and all the testing and all the investment that we do to make these products. The body of the iPad Mini 5 is from 2012, okay? Don't tell me there's innovation there and you're still charging $399. Is the A12 processor that expensive? Apple would never do this, but fine. If they gave us a breakdown of how much the components actually cost, maybe I will believe them that it is $399 after they make their like, whatever it is, 25 to 30% margins. Maybe it is. I don't think it is. I just don't think it is. So I do like the Apple Pencil functionality. I do like the form factor. It's not for everyone. I don't think these things are going to be selling like hotcakes, um, but it's there. Overall reviews, guess what? Everyone's calling it a capable small tablet. 
with nearly all the features of the new iPad Air, they like it. They say if you like it and you think it's worth $399, then go for it. But here's, again, why I always feel like reviewers in general, look, they get these products completely for free. Like, I want to know, there's not many of them that will outright say, I would buy this or I would not buy this. They'll say, this is for this person, this is for that person. And fine, be objective as much as you can. But you also got to be real. Like, there's a reason why some of us don't get invited to Apple keynotes anymore because maybe we're a little too real. I'm sorry, that's just how I roll. I'm not, and some of us buy the products and then decide if we want to keep it, if it's good enough. And if it's not, and if it's not for us, then we return it. They just get the products. I'm going to tell you right now, just the way you have to navigate the relationship with Apple in the press, and if you say something they don't like, you'll get penalized. I have plenty of stories. That's for another podcast. This is this is how the world works. Apple controls, has major control over the media outlets because they control access to that as well. And honestly, I've talked to them I have direct connections with some of the different product managers and PR people there. I told them, like, I'm going to keep it real. And so if they know that I'm a big fan of the iPad Pro because I genuinely like it, I'm a big fan of the Apple Watch, they probably feel safer with me reviewing a product like that. (laughs) All right, iPad Mini 5, I'd love to hear what you think about that, but that wasn't the only thing. We had the new 10.5-inch iPad Air Arguably, actually, the more that I think about it, it might be the most controversial one from a standpoint of why. Apple gets rid of the iPad Pro 10.5-inch, brings in the iPad Air 10.5-inch with Retina display. Again, they're loading an A12 Bionic chip in here. It also gets first-generation Apple Pencil support, not the new, not the new Apple Pencil, first-gen Apple Pencil support. It's basically a lower cost replacement for the 10.5-inch iPad Pro, which before this and before being discontinued was $649 prior to this, okay? It doesn't have the four surround sound speakers. I mean, really, it felt like what Apple was trying to do is update some of their models with an A12 chip because, you know, this is really lining things up for augmented reality and AR kit. But again, it's like, okay, we have these iPad tablets. We have all these A12s. You really got to show me that this A12 is worth it right now. I don't think they've proven to me that it's quote-unquote worth it yet because I don't feel the difference between my last year's iPad Pro and this year's iPad Pro from a speed standpoint. Like, it's not like this is so much snappier. I... I really don't feel it. So the new iPad Air, if you want to kind of compare what what it gets and what it loses compared to what we had when we had a 10.5-inch iPad Pro, the new iPad Air is $150 less than the 10.5-inch iPad Pro. And you'll understand why I'm comparing this in a bit. So there's trade-offs. There's two speakers versus four on the new one. There is no ProMotion display. Basically a hallmark of an iPad Pro. And once you go ProMotion and that 120 hertz refresh rate, especially on a, a tablet that is like a more intimate product that you can put on your lap and sit and lay back and kind of read like a paper or book, you're going to miss that. 
There's a lower-end 8-megapixel rear camera, and there's no LED flash or optical optical image stabilization, and you know what? You know how I, I hate people who hold up their iPads for cameras anyways. The new iPad Air has the same dimensions. It has the same thinness, the same overall appearance. Both iPads have the 10.5-inch Retina display with the same 264-pixel-per-inch density, a headphone jack, Touch ID, lightning connector, right? This, again, is all earlier tech the new ipad air's main advantage is the a12 chip versus the former pros a10 fusion chip gigabit class lte versus lte advanced and then also you're getting bluetooth 5.0 so it's like really all under the hood connectivity stuff that's your ipad air for 2019 now then you're like okay well so what what exactly is the iPad Air? How do you define it? It's kind of like some old stuff with new stuff under the hood. And then you look at Apple's iPad lineup, and it's like all over the place. You have the iPad Pro models, right? You have the 12.9-inch. You have the 11-inch. Now you have an iPad Air, the only product that's called an iPad Air that's kind of like a tweener, okay? Then you have a regular iPad that's 329 starting retail price. That's 9.7 inches. Then you have the mini. So we basically have, if we're talking about sizes, five different iPads, but what exactly, like, this is where their marketing is failed. What exactly is the Air? It's just a tweener, but there's nothing really special about the Air other than it's kind of between. It's like a legacy marketing name. This reeks of old Apple before SJ came in and cleaned up the product line and made it simple and just easy to understand. Like, they're, what, okay, fine. Good luck. I've worked in retail. Good luck explaining the differences between an iPad Air and an iPad. And someone going, wait, what? Why? That one's cheaper? Wait, what? I mean, I'm I'm not saying people are dumb, but people don't go, like, to, they're, they're going to be, what's so different about the Air? And you're going to be like, well, it has some of this and has some of that. Yeah, that's the Air. Before the Air meant something. It meant, like, the thinnest iPad. It meant it meant something. It doesn't mean anything right now. Apple's got to work on that. If you're curious about the A12 chip in the new iPads, they're paired with three gigs of RAM based on benchmark tests that popped up on Geekbench benchmarks. They do actually, at least from a clock speed, they clock in at the same speed as the latest iPhone XS phones. So there's power in there. And then finally, the last update, which came on Wednesday. Wait, was it Wednesday? No, came on Tuesday iPads were Monday, AirPods were, sorry, iPads Monday, iMacs Tuesday, AirPods Wednesday. So let's talk about the iMacs. Really, the iMacs, seven years later, keep exactly the same design and form factor, so no physical changes. But they do get some really beefy upgrades inside. Eighth core up to an eight core ninth gen Intel processor, and then Radeon Pro Vega graphics options inside. Really super powerful machines. The 27-inch iMac, look, I have, and I still use a 27-inch iMac from 2012. I got the very first one, and then like a year, basically like a year later, they freaking put in the 5K Retina display on it. Jerks! That's what you get for being an early adopter. So I literally still have my 2012 iMac 27-inch. Love it. Loved it. It's not nearly as powerful. I mean, I do all my editing on my MacBook Pro, but you know, one day I'll get a new iMac 
and it'll be a great machine for me to do editing like on a big, big screen. I think that's important, but I'm not there yet. Anyways, both of those iMacs were um, upgraded internally. It's not like they're cheap either. I think I maxed out a 27-inch iMac and it was somewhere like like high $5,000 or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head now. Here's the other thing. The Mac, the iMac Pro, right? We know, I really, I've kind of teased this earlier with all these kind of incremental upgrades that 2019 is going to be the year of really the Pro. Unfortunately, the it better be based on what we've seen so far. But then, you know, the Pro Machines isn't like the bread and butter of Apple, but they need to re-embrace those Pros, which were the champions of the Apple computer for year from years ago. So the iMac Pro actually got upgrade options for graphics, but then also um they Apple themselves believe it or not, if you could believe this, reduced prices um for solid state drive upgrades, some some as high as up to $400 less for MacBook Pros, MacBook Air, SSD hard drives around $100 cheaper. There were some RAM, um, sorry, not RAM, but SSD configurations that were cheaper. RAM dropped in price for the Mac Pro and I believe also the iMac Pro. So this is the big takeaway that I took from this. They didn't reveal the Mac Pro, which is great. I'm hoping we see something like that, like a tease at WWDC and then an actual product release you know, sometime in the fall. But there were no processor upgrades for the iMac Pro. And so to me, I got actually really excited because that tells me that the iMac Pro will most likely, and I'm crossing my fingers, I'm not trying to start rumors, maybe get a new actual design because look, the 21 and a half and the 27 inch kept the same design after seven years. The iMac Pro, let's get a smaller bezel on that bad boy. The iMac Pro could see new processors and a new design. The iMac Pro also got a 200, the current iMac Pros also got a 256 gig RAM option, but this is the best part about it. That RAM option, if you want to go large and in charge for the iMac Pro, the current iMac Pros, it costs literally $5,200. The base price of an iMac Pro, like the entry-level base model price of an iMac Pro is $4,999. So that RAM is more than the price of the base model machine. If you max out a current iMac Pro, it rings in somewhere around 15000 I think $699. That's amazing. That's just crazy. Also, you want to hear something about the air power? There's actually news about air power. So this just dropped today. Apple has secured the rights to the air power trademark amid launch rumors. Now, there's been a few things that are happening, but this is kind of the latest. The Cupertino kids finally secured the rights to the AirPower trademark. To get it, Apple kind of had to jump through some hoops over the last few months, specifically kind of starting back in uh, January, I believe roughly around January 2019. And ultimately, it appears, we don't know this for fact yet, that they purchased access to the AirPower trademark from a company that owned it. Um, It was registered by Advanced Access Technologies. Apple first attempted to trademark the AirPower name, but then found that Advanced Access Technologies had filed an earlier application to trademark the term. Well, look, all these things are starting to line up. Apple now appears to be able to use the trademark AirPower. Um, Also, during all these product announcements, 
the AirPods page for a small short window of time revealed a new updated image from Apple's website in Australia of the AirPower charging mat with a new iPhone XS image on it next to an AirPods with the wireless charging case on it. This is a new image that we haven't seen before. In the past, when they announced it with the iPhone X, it had a picture of an iPhone X on it. This is an iPhone XS with a new background, and even um, the way that different devices connected to this phone appear, it looks different as well, just kind of how the screen looks when it's connected to AirPower. It was shortly taken off and removed. So... That was kind of an interesting tip. Also, in the latest iOS 12.2, the sixth beta, Guillermo Rambo had discovered new codes specifically related to two devices being charged on a single pad. It was the first time any anything like that had been found in the code of iOS 12. And kind of start connecting the dots. Maybe, look, I told you at the beginning of the show, Apple's got to put the air power got to announce the air power at this event and have to make it available at the same time as the airpods when they start shipping because good lord you can't tell me you're going to charge it on a samsung device or a third-party charging mat before the airpods charge with an apple device you can't all right everybody got to thank the sponsors for the show and you know who that would be that would be you Thank you for all of your Patreon support. You can support the show at patreon.com slash Tong starting at $2 a month. We go up to $5, $10, $25, $100, which is the platinum Apple level. I offer a bunch of rewards and benefits. The biggest one, look, if you support the show, there is a link to get an ad-free version of this show. You don't hear any of the stuff like this. You can plug it in in your podcast app of choice. Also, there's other benefits like signed photos, uh, sticker decals, early access to content, early access to the podcast, early access to bonus content, early access to live streams that I do. So all of that stuff is available by supporting the show at patreon.com slash Brian Tong. Thank you so much. And I appreciate everyone who's continued to allow me to do this. And I still need your help to keep on doing this. Um, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, back to the show. You know, we talked about it a lot last week, but there's new news about Apple's actual keynote on March 25th. That will be Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So that is 1 p.m. Eastern time. Guess what? I'll be doing my live play-by-play, my live stream. We'll be doing live calls before the keynote. We'll be doing the calls after the keynote where it's very cathartic for you all to just kind of unload and release all the frustration. I'm sure people are gonna be calling about the latest Apple product announcements, but it's always fun for me. Like, we're doing it live. So BTZ's live stream, uh, check it out at youtube.com slash Tong. It's a hoot, and I'll be taking live calls as well as doing a big bingo card with prizes for y'all because I got nothing but love for you. All right, let's talk about Apple's TV streaming service. We've heard a lot of things, um, how shows may not be ready for its launch. Well, the latest report from Recode and the information, two outlets kind of putting together and connecting the dots, is that Apple is planning to sell bundles of cable TV channels through their new streaming service. Now we know it'll include their own original content. Apple is, you know, put in, I think roughly invests around a billion dollars, at least for year one, a billion to two billion. 
they'll be having their own content, but it may not really be ready right out of the gate. So Apple will also be offering video streaming subscriptions from third-party services like HBO, Showtime, and Stars. Now, at the time of this writing, only Showtime and Stars reportedly were in, but Apple's actually negotiated the rights to bundle some of these streaming services together as part of its deals with these media groups. So they would their goal is to offer a package deal of HBO, Showtime, and Stars together at a price that would be lower than if you decided to subscribe to each of those three services separately. So it would cost it would be a lower price when they're bundled together. The whole why would they do this? Well, first of all, why would these companies want to do this? Apple is really, really touting that they have a large subscriber base. The Apple TV app, or you know, like where you can watch all their programming and content, is loaded on all their devices. It'll open up the floodgates for them. And so, look, this relationship means that Apple can kind of set the price um, for what it sells. It's not going to sell it for less than HBO. Like they're not going to sell it for less than HBO sells it on rival platforms. But the whole thing is to try and convince people to do these bundles. Now, I'm sorry if I had to choose between those three, and I have. I only go with HBO. I only do HBO because of Game of Thrones, which I can't wait for. That's going to be amazing, like amazing. Yeah. Now it's not entirely clear when Apple plans to offer these bundles, but. Providing discounted access amongst a group of channels would be interesting. I mean, it would be their own kind of streaming bundle. Major services like Netflix or Hulu will not be on here. They're competitors. But they're talking about other channel digital services like Cheddar, Tastemade, and again, like I said, Showtime and Stars. No deal with the HBO yet, but that's kind of some of the new developments there. The New York Times named five of Apple's original content TV shows that have at least finished filming. They haven't finished post-production, so it's not like they're going to be ready out of the gates. But here's some of them. The report says that the show's called Are You Sleeping? starring Octavia Spencer, a space drama called For All Mankind, a thriller from M. Night Shyamalan. There'll be a comedy from the stars of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and a comedy called Dickinson based on the poet... Emily Dickinson of the same name. Those have all wrapped up. Those are shows coming to the service, but we don't know when it, but they're not ready yet. They're not finished in post-production. We've talked about kind of this morning show drama with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell. Also, there's a sci-fi drama called C starring Jason Momoa. It's currently shooting. They're going for big list talent without a doubt. We'll just have to see how good these shows actually are. Because it's going to take more than one for me to for me to pony up for this. It's just going to take way more than one. And we also have heard stories that maybe some of the content will be free to some IO, um, Apple ecosystem users. Who knows? Netflix's CEO does say he that they will not be part of Apple's upcoming service, which is kind of a no-brainer. In the news front, we've talked about Apple News also doing kind of their own aggregated service between newspaper outlets and then magazines from their texture acquisition so it's starting to really come together that this subscription service for apple news is going to be both newspapers and magazines words things being thrown around will be a nine dollar 99 cent per month fee well the wall street journal according to the new york times has joined apple's news subscription service the new york times though 
and the Washington Post, kind of those big three, that three-headed monster, they are not going to be participating at the moment. So they couldn't secure a deal. Apple, hey, they have their own revenues the way they want to do it. So that has not been secured yet. And then finally, before we get to our calls, hey, we got to talk about Apple launching new spring colors for iPhone cases and Apple Watch bands. Um, buckle up here. They're very pastel-y, Easter-y colors. You can choose from Spearmint, which is like a mint color. Papaya, which is like a papaya color. <laughs> Delph Blue. And then they're even releasing a iPhone tennis smart battery case available in pink sand. Uh, their leather cases have a blue, lighter blue color called Cornflower. Uh, there's Sunset, which is a deeper orange uh, lilac, which is like a pastel purple. And then, okay, the Apple Watch bands are kind of interesting. I don't think I'd wear any of those. Maybe peppermint? But whatever. They're all there. Check them out. I mean, I always think the watch bands are cool. But yeah, if you're one of those collectors that got to have them all, they're like the Pokemon for Apple Watch bands. Go for it. All right, everybody. Um, let's take this time to jump into our voicemails we had a bunch of them i call i asked you guys and gals to call in and we have five solid ones so let's just get through them and kind of hear these are really your reactions and i love it when it's current to what apple just announced we're going to start off with andrew from florida hey brian andrew from florida calling again boy did we get a bunch of products released this week i wanted to comment on the now fragmented ipad line there are just way too many models to choose from now The features between at least the now regular iPad and new iPad Air are just confusing and convoluted. From their displays to the processor to the front-facing camera, all being different. And then if you compare them to the iPad Pros, Face ID versus Touch ID, Lightning versus USB, lack of headphone jack, headphone jack, (laughs) Apple Pencil first gen versus second gen. It's just too fragmented now. I think Apple should just drop the non-suffix iPad from last year. And then also, AirPods 2? Question mark? One and a half? What are we calling these? As much as a disappointment those are to some people, I actually already ordered the new ones with the wireless charging case only because my current AirPods that I've owned since release day in 2016 have bad battery life. If we have to buy AirPods every two years and there is no inexpensive way to replace the battery, then have AirPods basically become disposable headphones. And finally, Brian, as a joke, would you be mad if I subconsciously refer to macOS Mojave as macOS Mojave. I would love to hear all of your thoughts on this. Thanks, Brian. Love listening to your show. Oh, man, Andrew, thank you so much. Great call. Um, I'm totally down with you calling it Mojave. I think that's what you called it because I still got to stay with macOS Mojave. I know I haven't. He hasn't showed up in a while, has he? Um, Look, that that's a great point. A lot of people... A lot of people have said, look, my AirPods just don't hold a charge from the first generation anymore. And yeah, just even the way like putting those like disposable wireless earbuds, like, ugh, that is gnarly. You know, I love the environment and just the idea of that, like with no way to replace them and just all that just going to waste. Ugh. I mean, look, yeah, you complain, complain about a lot of things going to waste, but I'm not a big fan with that. Uh, I 100% agree with you with just how crazy their iPad family is it it looks like a mess honestly it looks like a mess um they're going to have to clean that up but look this is why again I've tooted this horn this I've sounded this horn forever and I'm sure eventually mainstream media someone's or you know mainstream tech people start talking about more often 
I said a long time ago, Apple is no longer about making the best product possible. Under Steve Jobs, that was clearly the goal and the mantra. Apple is now about making the best products at different price points. You clearly saw that in the iPhone. You've now clearly seen that in the iPads. You already kind of see that in the MacBooks, the MacBook Airs, and the MacBook Pros. I mean, like, the Mac... It, that there's issues there as well. It's a, it's becoming a mess and they've got to clean up, but you know what? I don't think they care. This is, again, when I kind of said, oh, this reminds me of Apple before Steve Jobs. This is getting to Apple before Steve Jobs, except they're still making a whole lot of money because of how they're using products and pieces and parts from seven years ago and still selling them as new. I mean, Tim Cook, operations guy all about margins, all about making money. Apple has is still a leader in the space. Until something really threatens them, they're not going to they're un, unfortunately yes, they are innovating. But they're not innovating like they used to. They're not blowing it out of the water. I said it in my video they had a real chance to do something special with the iPad mini. They didn't. They had a chance to maybe release a redesigned iMac they didn't. Like, I'm kind of past being mad about it now. I just want to stay level-headed about it because some people get mad when I'm just, like, railing on them. But I'm honestly just being honest. Like, come on, seven years? Seven years? You can't do that. So they had an opportunity to do that. They, look, the AirPods could have come out full force two and a half years later to be something really, like, a big leap. And guess what? They don't have to. They're going to still sell tons of them. I think the second gen ones that just were announced are already not sold out, but getting there and like the, the the delivery times are now into April when they weren't. But Samsung Buds and are 129 and they arguably do some better things. I think the other thing about it that as you kind of see all this, you know what Apple, you know what Apple knows specifically about their customer base in general? Apple customers that are loyal and in the ecosystem, even if there's a better product out there, they don't care because all they do, they want it easy. They're just like, what is Apple doing? I'll just get that. They're not even looking outside their bubble. (laughs) Sorry, I'm only laughing because that just happens to be an awesome live streaming game show that I do. Check it out, Outside Your Bubble on Facebook. Sorry, had to do the plug. It's fine, honestly, but yeah. They had a chance to do something like all I'm saying, everyone knows, everyone said it makes it's I'm not a broken record. The Apple of the past would not would never have done three product releases like this with literally seven year old external parts. Like literally. iPad mini, iMac, seven years old. Even AirPods, two and a half years old. Just wouldn't have happened. Just wouldn't have happened. Someone tweeted like, what is Johnny Ive doing? Absolutely nothing. I'm like, okay, I'm just kidding about that. You know I'm kidding about that. Johnny Ive is awesome. But I don't know if I've said this here before on the podcast. I feel like I have, but Johnny Ive's greatness came because Steve Jobs kind of basically gave him a vision, an idea, and gave him a list of requirements to fulfill or fall within and then let him design. I don't, no one's doing that for Johnny. They're like saying, "Hey, make the best, make the best this." Uh, okay, sure. Steve Jobs when he saw the first iMac that had that um neck that kind of looked like the Pixar lamp, 
Steve Jobs was inspired by that computer when he went and saw a sunflower and it brought him joy. And he told Johnny Ive to make me a computer that reminds me of a sunflower. And that's what they came up with. And that is an amazing computer from when it came out. And it was just so cool and so fun. And there was joy when you used it. Where's the joy in a seven-year-old product? Ah! Okay, we got more calls to get to. The podcast is already around 40 crazy minutes. I hope you're all enjoying it. Let's get to the next call. This one comes to us from Josh. Hey, this is Josh Cart from Ambler, Pennsylvania. This phone call is sort of going to be all over the place as they had all these announcements this week. Um, iPad Mini, I'm thrilled that they updated it. Um, I wish they would do a nine. Uh, I'm sorry, 7.9 inch um, uh, iPad Pro, but I know we'll never get that. But I like having the smaller size just to use around the house. I am surprised that they put an A12 in it. I figured they'd do an A10 or an A11. Um, and uh, I hope that this isn't the last update for it. Um, also, as far as the iMac uh, speed bumps, I have a, a maxed out 27-inch uh, uh, 2017. I shoot full-frame photos and edit and occasionally do some 4K video, but I'm sort of thinking it's not really worth me spending $5,300 plus Apple Care to replace this machine. Uh, curious on your thoughts about that. Um, and I'm psyched to order the new AirPods as I skipped the first generation because I didn't want a first generation product. And uh, I think that's uh, about it. Uh, thanks for the awesome show. Keep it up. Bye. Thanks for calling in, Josh. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, it just kind of depends on where you are. Josh's should be fired up about the AirPods. This will be his first AirPods. They're going to be awesome for him. Um, from the iMac standpoint, I, I right now, first of all, you got to wait to see what they do with the iMac Pros. I'm not telling you to spend $5,000 on a machine. That's a huge chunk of change. But if you got it in 2017, I can't imagine you're really hurting from a power standpoint yet. So wait it out. You know, you got time. Even, quite honestly, the new iMac Pros or the current iMac Pros, if they drop a new iMac Pro, those current iMac Pros are going to be a sweet deal. I mean, they're powerful machines. It just depends on where your budget is and like all things. Hey, look, Apple maybe might make something for everyone's budget. That's what they're doing these days, right? So thanks for calling in, Josh. Really appreciate it. Uh, Next up, we're going to take Chris from the Bay Area. Hey, Brian, it's Chris from the Bay Area. And my thoughts on all the new products released are one with the Q-Tips 2. That's what I'm going to refer them Yikes! to them as, is because that's what they look like to me. I think it's a nice upgrade, but I don't think it's something that's a version 2. I totally agree that it's a 1.5. At least if it was a different form factor, I would have given it AirPods 2. Definitely a fan of the Hey Siri, though. I own Bose headphones and I own Apple AirPods, so I can't really comment on how they sound. But as far as the new iPads go, I think they need to just drop the iPad Air. It doesn't really make sense why they have both the regular iPad and the iPad Air. It's really not that much lighter. It's maybe a couple ounces lighter. And they should just put those same specs into the regular iPad for the same price point. That way they'd save money and still probably make just as much. As far as the iMacs are concerned, I own a MacBook Air from years ago, so... I don't own a desktop, but I think as far as for pros are concerned and anybody looking to upgrade their iMac, I think it's a welcome upgrade. So I'm pretty happy with those as far as the new RAM and the new graphics card. I believe we talked about that also. Keep doing the show, man. 
Love what you're doing. Bye. All right. Thank Chris. I think the biggest, uh, it sounds, whatever, I'll say it. The biggest crime that Apple does when you talk about their desktops and the configurations, their RAM and hard drive space is just so overpriced. Anyone will tell you that. And um, yeah, you know, it's not user and customer installable. You know, even back in the day, you used to be able to actually buy your RAM from other manufacturers for cheaper and pop them into the PowerBooks and the MacBook Pros. You, You can't do that anymore. But at least I got to give Apple props for lowering the price on some of their SSDs um, and their some of the RAM prices on some of their machines. Like that is honestly kind of unheard of from Apple to do such significant $100, $200, $400 discounts. Now, if I bought my computer like six months ago and I saw that, I'd be pissed. But <laughs> that's what happens in the tech world. All right, let's check out what David has to say. He wants to talk about Apple TV stuff. Hey, Brian, this is David over San Juan, Texas, giving you another call back using the voice memo app here, just if anybody's curious on how we're getting some of these clear audio in. Uh, anyways, I just kind of wanted to talk, you know, touch base with uh, hopefully what we'll get from the services um, expo. I'm going to call it that, the Apple Services Expo coming up here next week. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping that if they do with all these these new shows and stuff they're coming out with they obviously have to compete against netflix and hulu which are both uh great streaming services um they're going to come out with a competitive price because at this point like you said last episode the amount of money we're paying now for for services is going to out outdo the amount we'd be, we'd be paying if we still had uh cable basic cable in the house you know at this point you know 15 for for netflix uh six bucks for hulu depending on what service you have and then if they if they want to roll in and drop another ten dollars a month for Apple services, you're already looking at you know close to 30, 40 bucks, and that's already at the same price. That's not even including the internet you got to pay for. Um, but I'm hoping they, they find a way with the services to maybe revamp TVOS. Uh, I know that's probably a long shot, but I mean if you think about it, TVOS is long due for a better upgrade. They had that TV app that came out and it it worked it was great it was kind of nice to see it but it it doesn't do any favors to anybody really um like for instance me i have youtube tv and when the when the spurs play go spurs go when they play uh the tv app reminds me but it takes me to the nba app and i'd rather go to the youtube app which is my default you know streaming service um so hopefully maybe they can fix the tvos along with these services uh let me know what you think yeah, David, um, I like how you had to drop that Go Spurs Go because they're a great team. I love the Spurs, and but you know you know who my team is, Warriors, all day long, all day. Um, You know what? I think that it would be great if they brought some sort of kind of revamp to tvOS. I don't know if they will yet because I think it's all just going to be about the actual TV app, which is still weird that they've called it the TV app because it's, it tracks your you know watching your movies and your tv shows and some of the services that work with it some of it don't and yeah you're right about that kind of whole clunky thing when you get an alert and it's like watch on your apple tv but it's not the right app it's there's a lot of work that needs to be done i don't think it's that bad but i think it definitely i think what'll be interesting is that there's no better time to redo the um os than on monday march 25th when we see the new unveiling of the service and how it's integrated. Maybe it's integrated in different ways. So I'm there with you. I'm crossing my fingers for that. All right. And our last call comes to us from Ben. 
Hey, Brian, this is Ben from Massachusetts calling in. Um, I just had a few thoughts about the recent hardware announcements. Uh, primarily, I'm really glad that Apple has finally brought pencil support to every single iPad now. Uh, I know a lot of people would think that SJ might be turning in his grave, but I'm not so sure about that. I think he'd actually be really happy with what they've done with this, uh, especially since he was a calligraphy student back in college. Um, I am, however, very disappointed about the AirPods announcements. I had really hoped that this time with new hardware, I would finally be able to jump on that bandwagon. I really like the idea of them, except I'm part of the population that can't use them because they keep falling out of my ears. And I very much prefer an in-ear headphone, such as my Beats X headphones. I really hope that the next time that they do update these, they'll make some kind of adjustment, even if it's just that grippier coating that they had been rumored about doing. It may not have made it into this iteration, but hopefully it will be in the next. Thanks, Brian. I love the show. And uh, keep going. All right. Thanks for that call, Ben. You know what? I, I think you make a really good point about SJ because – you know, he went to college and one of the classes he went to, well, when he before he dropped out and basically went with Apple, created Apple, uh, he was really into, like you mentioned, like calligraphy and typography. And it totally drove and informed him with some of the decisions and, you know, how the Mac evolved as a tool. And I'm going to give you that, you know, I think for sure he, he'd probably like that, but I just don't think he'd want it to be using a first generation pencil. It would just all be like using the same tech. It wouldn't be, I like like the iPad Mini is like the last time it came out was like four years ago, uh, and then the last time the body was, it, it has the same original body from seven years ago. SJ would have at least made sure that thing was using an iPad, uh, an Apple Pencil too. I could tell you that much for sure, and he definitely wouldn't like the way the product lineup looks right now. He'd just be like, "What the hell are y'all doing?" But uh. He would definitely he'd be down with the whole Apple Pencil on all on all iPads. All right, everybody, that's gonna do it for this week's show. Before we leave, we gotta thank our Platinum Apple Patreon supporters at the one hundred dollar level: Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Freighter, Jarrett Lewis, Calvin Fatikar, and Zachary Rivera. Thank you so much, and for all of you that are listening and have continued to listen, if you can contribute to the show. I would love your support, but also if you'd give us a five-star review on iTunes, tell a friend, share it. Like This is where it's at. I have so much fun doing it, and uh, I really love the feedback that you're giving me on the show and just the fact that you guys are active and participating in this, calling in. I want to hear all of your calls. Remember, the number is 833-888-ABXL-2295. If I have to remind you on Twitter or on the Patreon, I really want to get your reactions from Apple's keynote so we can talk about it and it can be current 833-888-ABXL that's 2295 alright thanks so much for hanging out it's a long show but hopefully it was a goodie Apple's keynote March 25th 10am I'll be doing live coverage at 9am on my youtube.com slash page. so I'll see you there I'll talk to you soon take care be safe everybody peace peace